All right, guys, getting everything started, we have a brand new sponsor for this show. But they're not brand new to Tonto. I know you've been using their stuff a while. Medieval Industries. And yet today's show is sponsored in part by Medieval Industries. They manufacture the only fully adjustable foregrip on the market. The 360-degree VFG mounts to all tactical rails and allows you to swivel and lock the grip into any position on the fly. Whether you're hunting, shooting for sport, or challenging yourself in the precision tactical shooting competitions, this unique adjustable foregrip will become a natural extension of your rifle. Medieval has expanded their product line to include a quick detach tripod and most recently, quick detach adjustable monopod. They've designed and engineered the necessary components to create a tactical shooting system. They've integrated the QD tripod into their line of modular quick detach accessories. Medieval's newest setup, the Overwatch Commander, is an extremely stable shooting platform that's quickly and easily deployed in tight spaces. This new lightweight compact system is capable of what many heavier, larger tripods on the market can do and allows for widespread accessibility because of its small footprint. The entire system weighs just under six pounds and deploys in seconds. Medieval Industries is committed to providing all gun enthusiasts with precision-engineered, high-quality weapon accessories. All products are designed and developed with first-rate materials for strength and endurance. And you could probably get into this because you've been using their stuff for quite a while, and it is the best on the market. Yeah, well, the, the, the benefit of, of especially of the QD tripod mount, and for those that shoot, you know, that, that especially long-range shooting as well, um, you have those bipod legs that you usually use on most systems. That was all that there was. You put a bipod on the front of your, on the front of your long rifle there. And what happens is when you get on uneven surfaces or ground, or you have, uh, or you even have pieces of, of logs or something, you know, ground isn't flat. And the thing said, Tony, what does that mean? Well, you don't just go out in the wilderness or you don't go out in the, in the streets unless you're, just on a flat sidewalk and it's perfectly level things are you know there's so many different terrain pieces that you have to deal with so i remember i'd go out and throw my bipod legs down especially when i was shooting a 240 you know 240 bravo with ranger battalion or getting out with this 300 wind mag i have from nemo and you you it's it, you're you're lopsided you're falling left and right and with that cutie tripod mount because you're able to manipulate 360 degrees you can still maintain stability and not only have one leg on a bipod touching the ground where the other one's half up in the air because you don't have level ground. Um, it's, dude, it's tremendous. Uh, and I, I'm like thinking again, why don't I think of this stuff? I'm downrange, like, God, this piece of equipment, this bipod leg suck. Why don't I think of a tri- smaller little tripod mount for a for a, a, a long rifle, for a 300 Win Mag or so, or even if you got a 28 Nostler or something like that, a long range weapon, especially you hunters out there. Because it gives you the stability to have all pieces of, of that tripod on the ground, but then you can manipulate it where you aren't straight up and down. So you're not just vertical compared to the horizontal ground because ground 90% of that out there is not just straight horizontal and it fall, and it keeps you on balance. And um, I think it's best to go look, if you can go on the medieval.com website, look yep, at their products first. And, and yes, mid-evil.com. Yep.com. And then just do some YouTube searches too. And then me being a foreign grip guy, that is huge because the foreign grip, I love foreign grips. 
the ability to move a foreign grip in 360 degrees, especially behind cover, when you're shooting behind cover, uh, it allows you to even maintain cover behind a barricade or barrier, but also get that that good, tight, st- stable grip that you have uh, with a foreign. And with a foregrip that's just vertical, just straight, straight up and down, you're going to have to lean out farther from a barrier. You're going to have to expose yourself and cover more where if you can just rotate that foregrip and make it to where you can cant it left or right, 45 degree angle, 22 degree angle, so forth, you can maintain better cover. Um, guys, it's 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 a game changer like all the products that we have, whether it's Four Scott Munitions, Game Changer, uh, and then we got Medieval here. It's stuff that I'm like, gosh, why didn't I think of this? And it's because I'm not real smart. But no, <laughs> check out Medieval. And if, if guys, for if you're not a foregrip guy, check the other stuff they have out, especially that QD tripod mount and the triple threat combo with the vertical foregrip modular tripod system. And for all you long range shooters and even you law enforcement guys that are DDM designated defense marksmen, that Overwatch commander. Is something that you should have in your departments because it, it's again, and I we, I could go on, but we only have a short point of time. Check their products out on mid mid dash evil.com backslash products or just go to mid dash evil.com and you can pull all that stuff up. Absolutely. And, and actually speaking with uh, Steve, the owner, there's a lot of guys in the special operations community who are now teaching their students on this because, yeah. you know, and they're teaching like, fellow service members on medieval products because they're the only guys doing this in the market and, and it's so innovative. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what more to say, but yeah, mid dash evil.com great guys. And when they heard Phil Labonte was coming on, they said, let's hop on that episode. And as always, I mean, if you guys are going to be shooting, you also want to shoot with the best ammo and the best ammo out there is Fort Scott munitions. Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as long as uh, there are gun stores in in those 50 states (laughs) nowadays, uh, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE. For 15% off your order, only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. I actually just posted a photo up today as we're recording this of uh, Hank Strange and some of the guns he's building and, and of course, using Fort Scott Munitions on. Yeah, I, I, you know, we say it every time, but I'd say it again. This is the best ammo out there by far. I'm going just shooting it again at our Chicago course. No problems with it. The stuff just it it tumbles when when it's uh, when it impacts whatever you're trying to impact, which is it is it's essential in in having that knockdown capability, whether you're a hunter or in home defense. If you're ever in a situation, you want that situation and a defensive situation where you have a threat in front of you. Somebody's trying to kill you or hurt you and your family. Again, God forbid you have to be in that situation, but you want something that that stops that threat immediately. 
um, and just end it uh, in the fight because it's it's not a good feeling to be in those situations. So um, Fort Scott Munitions is tremendous. And again, just just going to range and shooting, they have tremendous range ammo now, which they've started to make after they made their the, the really high end stuff, which is fantastic for hunting and home defense. But range ammo, and again, I'm, no issues with it. I have shot the nine mil uh, all weekend. And I didn't have one one problem, and that's that's pretty much normal with their ammunition. So if you haven't checked out Fort Scott Munitions, definitely do, and you know check out Medieval uh, Medieval Industries and all their all their packages they got, especially their their QD mounts and their foregrips. Hell yes, uh, offer code Battle Line on uh, Fort Scott Munitions. Uh, let's hit it. Let's get right into everything with special guest Bill Labonte. On the microphones, pure and uncensored American straight talk. Never quit. You're locked and loaded with Chris Peranto and Ian Scotto. This, this is the Battle Line Podcast. Which is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Switches on, uh, Ian Scotto here, and social media influencer extraordinaire, Chris Peranto. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just call me that? I'm flipping you off right now on your fucking phone, you, you dickhead. I'm I use your favorite term. You, you know, Benghazi you. attack survivor influencer, it's oh, all the same thing. Dude, yeah, shit, I know, <laughs> I swear to Chris. Who thought of that shit? Yeah, I, and I love, who was it, was it, who was it, Jimmy Allen, or was it Hank that said, you know, being you, I think you asked him, you know, what's it like being famous or this? And was he the one that said, well, you know, famous is not really what it used to be anymore when any damn person can post a picture of their of, of their ass cheeks or they could. Pick yeah, I think, I, well, no, I think it was Frank from Instagram. Cause was it Frank? You could. Yeah, uh, I Hank. Frank from Instagram. Frank from Amur. Because we're talking about it. Oh, Amur. That's right. Uh, Frank. Yeah. We're talking yeah. About. But he was talking about that girl who literally like licked a toilet bowl and called it COVID nineteen challenge. And the next thing, she's on Doctor Phil. Exactly. Yeah, he was just saying fame is cheap, and it is true. Which, by the way, they have an album coming out. uh, By the time you hear this, it'll be out like a surprise album that they put out. Uh, Oh, I I appreciate very true, very true. I I appreciate you put me in that category with the girl that licked the toilet bowl. That was awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when I, 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 if I ever get to that point where I am like the, a fucking influencer and act that way, whether I am or not, but I act in that, dude, just kick me in my balls because I deserve <laughs> it. I definitely deserve it. And so, touche. Don't worry, karma's a bitch. I got something coming for you. It'll come. It'll come. <laughs> or yeah, well, you call me Igor like on the last episode. Igor, dude, you, dude, Debbie called you that. I did. Yeah. And honestly, that's awesome. I, I think, that's the one thing with call signs. You know, when we were doing overseas and you had call signs and everybody, you never got to pick your own call sign. 
That wasn't no. You could because if you picked your own call sign, it was always something cool. It was like I'm chainsaw or bloodbath or hard trained killers. No, that's bullshit. Somebody else picked your call sign. So that's why you had like Tonto or you had Brutus was another guy. Or you I do pi- know, you know, it's funny because speaking of one you'd you'd want to have, and I do know the original story behind, but I think when people hear Nick the Reaper Irving, you're like, did he come oh, up with that one? Because that's, that's a badass one. Yeah, he, was, come on. he was originally the Ripper, and then it was the Reaper, and and he told the story. So I'm just telling you this from, uh, from what I've heard. I, I, well, and I love Nick. Nick the, Nick's a real deal. Nick's Ranger Battalion guy. Nick's, but to be honest, I, there, I guarantee you there's nobody at third bat calling Nick the Reaper or second batter well, first bat calling Nick the Reaper. They're calling him mini me or something like that. <laughs> that's he, that's he sexual this, chocolate. He told this story. I remember on, on a podcast himself. So I'm just relaying here. Uh, apparently, okay. apparently the Ripper is in regards to his huge dick. <laughs> oh, um, I would say probably he's probably to him ripped a big fart too. So either way, now he's ripped it. Now, Nick, come on, man. And every other bad boy's out there going, rolling his eyes. Yeah, Nick, whatever you say, brother. <laughs> Roger that. <laughs> no, but, it was like a story that he ripped uh, something open while you know getting busy oh yeah sure so that's even a cool guy that's even yeah here i am the train killer of all killers and i just tear women up because i'm wilt chamberlain shut up nick i love you brother but stop it so i tell you and you know i'm not the only bat boy out there going whatever nick i'd like to have somebody from his squad come on and actually tell the real story <laughs> but you know honestly brother even at range of time we didn't have call signs i didn't we didn't have nothing like that there's another story right there when i joined grs and i came into the grs community most of grs guys at the time were were seals most ci was was picking up seals and so and that that because that was what they thought that's we need seals well then other guys started to come in my first step in and how i got named tonto is and i think i told the story but not all of it huh I came in and there was this guy from SEAL Team 6, Devagru guy, great guy. I don't want to give his call sign out because I don't know if he's still working or not. And then another guy that had been doing it for a while, he was a Reforce Recon guy, but we called him Brutus. Great guy. And then a big dude named Haas. Now, because he looked like Haas from what's a Bonanza. And I walk in, they're like, what's your call sign? I'm like, fuck, dude, Ranger, we don't have call signs. We don't, you guys know that. And that's when the Tonto spun out. Well, yeah, what's your last? And, so, brother, I tell you what, if he had a call sign at Range Battalion, Nick, come on, dude, that's bullshit. We never have, we don't have call signs at Range. Our call sign was specialist, sergeant, or Ranger Dick Private. You're, no, you're, you're a shit, <laughs> shit bag, dude. Shit bag, get over here. Um, so, yeah, I, it, but I get it. that being said, the Ranger, uh, Nick, no, Nick did his, Nick, Nick's legitimate, and I'd go down range with that dude in a heartbeat, but I'm not going to call him the Reaper ever, ever. So it's not going to happen, <laughs> but no, or the dude's when I legit. Hear, uh... Chris Kyle, the devil of Ramadi. You think that's, uh, yeah, that's, really that's, now yeah, that's a, that's a media thing, dude. Fuck no. Come on. Dude. Yeah. And again, another, I, it, it's just, it's not, no, we don't do that shit, dude. <laughs> it doesn't happen in the community. Um, and he may have been, but that being said, no, that was something that was drummed up by somebody. I, and I, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but I would do, bet dollars to donuts that fucking that came up from somebody outside the teams or outside the SOCOM community. No, or yeah, no, no, I, I, I could get almost, I put money down on it. I said, I bet you a dollar, dollar to a donut that. Yeah, no way, no way, yeah. bro. But again, it's, but that's all right. Hey, that's all right. It, Cause again, another legitimate guy, 
uh, Chris Carl, God bless him and bless his soul and his family. Uh, no, he was, again, not knocking his service at all. I'd go downrange with that dude as well. Those guys are hard hitters. But that's the one thing about the hard hitters is that the majority of the hard hitters that you see that I knew, they had the, the powder puff names because it was okay. You, you, you were confident and cool enough in your abilities that you didn't have to be called the Reaper. You could be called My Little Pony. And, and still be, and, and I'd be like, man, because, because you're, you're that badass that you don't really give a shit if you have a cool call sign or not, it's because you don't need it. And, and that's the parody of it. That's why I always parody. That's why I did the dances with flashlights. That's why I break out and do the hot rod dance in front of the cameras, of the video. And I'd always make fun. I always a joker because I parodied all the alpha male cool guy shit because it was all bullshit, dude. You know, the, all the guys that I wor- worked with down that I wanted to, that I knew were bad at, were the guys that didn't take themselves seriously and were funny and fun. But when the switch came on, motherfucker, they're going to shoot you right in the face. And that was what the goal is. But that's that's to me, that's that's what I remember. Not the not all this, the influencer stuff that we get into now, yeah. which maybe that would be a good call sign. The influencer. That's OK. We'll go with that. Nowadays, I mean, yeah, there's probably guys in the community who are, you know, heavily on all that stuff. I know that's, you know, after your time, really. But uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, I, I don't mean to, uh, you know, make them change the mood here because we are having fun. But I feel like it has to be addressed because it's all everybody is talking about this week for good reason. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. I feel like everybody is commenting uh, on it. Uh, brother, honestly, I have not the first. OK. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. But go into it, man. I, I had not. So. Known. Yeah, all over the news, this major case of police brutality in Minnesota, rioting going on, looting going on, you know, stores being set on fire. Um, and the the thing that actually changes this one I or is is different from this than all the other cases that I've seen is usually when there's a case like this, I, you know, I, I'm on social media. I have a lot of friends, black friends. I have a lot of friends who are liberal. I have a lot of friends who are very conservative or just people I follow. And the overwhelming consensus seems to be this cop is a murderer. And and it's from everybody. I mean, like even Graham Allen, right? Uh, He's usually a very pro-police guy. He's flat out saying this guy is a murderer and should be charged. And, uh, you know, I I was looking at some of the posts, and and I actually think the most powerful one that I saw was Remy Adelecki, because Remy is a former SEAL who is black, and and did grow up in those type of neighborhoods. And, and I'd rather hear what he has to say than, you know, a white guy who probably isn't experienced the same thing. And yeah. so I'll read Remy's post because I, I thought it was powerful. Uh, and he wrote this on Instagram. Good guy. And hopefully I'll be on the show at some point. Um, I hate having to post about events like this, but it would be a greater sin for me not to. What do I have? Uh, why do I hate having to? Because what's happening shouldn't happen. shouldn't happen. Seven minutes. For seven minutes, this moron cop kept all his weight on George Floyd's neck while George was handcuffed and said, I can't breathe. Now George is dead. Murder charges. That's all I can say. I don't want to hear about manslaughter. This was a murder. Not only should he be charged, but the coward cop who stood by and watched should be charged with murder, too. They had seven minutes to think about ending their cowardice, pride and bigotry. And I don't want to hear blah, blah, blah. Black people kill more blacks than blah, blah, blah. The job of police is to protect and serve. That's the ethos, protect and serve. Y'all came up with that, not us. So when you do the opposite of protect and serve, when you break your rules and break our hearts, it's different. I know that's hard for a lot of people to understand, but try growing up where I did and seeing constant negligence carried out by those who swore to protect and serve. 
Try that. Damn, man. I want to add, all cops aren't bad. All cops don't break their ethos. All cops aren't racist. There are a lot of great cops out there, and I'm friends and respect them. We need cops, and I don't advocate for violence against cops. What I'm hoping uh, my voice will do is get police departments across the nation to change their standards for entry, enhance their training significantly, and encourage leadership to ensure their police treat all races equally. And then also, Remy posted a video of one of the people out there where the riots are happening, and it's actually pretty powerful. I'm just going to play it off my phone, so hopefully you guys hear this all right. It's a quick clip. Um, here we go. I'm going to play that again so you can hear the uh, beginning. What's it going to take? for you guys to be okay tonight and to stop this chaos. It ain't me. I, it's not me. I'm going to let y'all know that now. It's not us guys neither. And I'm glad that y'all said that. It's not us. It's the police. It's the madness that they spark up. This is what they encourage. This is what they provoke. This is what you get out of you taking some a love from someone. This is what you get. You get a lot of people that's hurt and they can't fit the right way. They can't no longer depend on the police to be here to protect us like they say they're going to do. So this is what you get. And no, it's not going to end today. I can't tell you it's going to end tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to end. But it's for y'all to start. We're not the ones that's killing us. Y'all killing us. We can't make a change if y'all don't change. Yeah, so that's really it. And I mean, I've seen a million posts, but I thought Remy's was, uh, was, you know, very emotional to read. Well, bro, again, I, like I said, I don't watch the news and I'm beyond, I don't, I don't let, so I don't even know any of this happened and to say, but looking at it and, and uh, it's hard for me to throw my two cents in with and speak of it at all with any sort of, of, uh, I don't know, I, uh, I don't know what, what I'm looking for anyway. Because I don't want to know what happened. So looking at it again with the police, and I'm trying to search. I got my computer in front of me trying to search it right now. I'm being honest, guys. I really haven't. Um, if a police officer did something wrong, and if it, if that's what took place, and if the killing happened, that what was? I'm, all I'm seeing is a knee on the ground. Did they choke him out? Help me out, Ian. Yeah, and I'm well, stumbling because I don't thing, know what happened. It's it's the same thing Remy wrote. Is that for seven minutes they they put their knee on this well, guy's on this guy's throat until he died. And, and well, being this being said too, and I do agree with this because having experience, especially here in Omaha, which I believe a lot of their police officers are very undertrained, um, or and and a little bit, uh, well, being said, I don't want to get into the Omaha Police Department because uh, I, I, I think they have their own issues, um, but. I do agree with that. With the training, yeah, th- there needs to be better training within the officers themselves. Um, how to handle situations now uh, that being said i don't know what this gentleman did or did not do but did he deserve that again I, what did he do did he kill somebody did he was he no, out there no, okay. no, nothing like that okay. from what and, i know pretty again, minor the, the uh, yeah then they're and, and I, could even, I could even look it up um okay, you know because i it's I'll, I'll be honest same with you i don't really i don't even have cable right now so I've just seen everybody reacting on social media. And the, the one thing, like I said, that's really interesting is, you know, when the Michael Brown situation happened or a lot of these other situations, there were there were there was a pretty um, there's like th- there was a pretty there's, there was a range of perspective. Yeah, I heard a lot of people sticking up for police. I heard a lot of people saying they were in the wrong. And and with this particular case. I don't see anyone sticking up for the police. I really what? don't. And, and, I'm, and I'm talking about 
conservative commentators like Graham Allen, like Andrew Wilkow, no sure. one is agreeing with the police. Well, and, and if, the, if that's the, and if that's the case, I because again, I you know I feel, bro, I'm I'm always in the gray areas with with police officers now because of personal things that's happened to me with it, which wasn't good. So that being said, but seeing it, I got to see it from an, an analytical point of view, a uh, a quantitative point of view, not a qualitative point of view, which is what social media is, which you're getting opinions here, this and that. So they're just getting the facts. But if the gentleman, if yeah, seven minutes on a guy's neck and uh, why? I, that's why I get caught. And so I guess I need to delve into a little bit more. But the, I do agree that training within law enforcement community is because I've seen it. I, I, I train guys that come like the Chicago course. I, I police officers in that. Um, I think tra- training that that police officers get is not standard, is substandard. And the guys that actually get the better training, the pad of their own pocket to come train with outside outsiders of the law enforcement community like myself, they're usually ready. But that's that is like maybe 10 percent. Um, I don't you know. Think and I'm police- even looking. I'm trying to find the charges. But like Dan Bongino, for example, Dan Bongino is heavily pro-police guy well, probably but, and but dan that, bongino himself is is saying i'm looking right here um when i was in the 70, 75th precinct as an nypd officer the golden rule was when the handcuffs are on and the subject is controlled the fight is over so even dan bongino is saying well then that's call. then that's the rules you follow the rules again what difference between me and you is i don't give two fucks what somebody says out there whether i know i know dan bongino i know andrew wilk i don't i don't give a f- fuck what they're saying i can no, care I, less so i want to know my, what happened. my only point I, and i'm not saying it to say that i care about their opinion my only point is usually there's there's a wide array of perspective sure. of of the you know i i think when overwhelming majority including people who have been police officers say they were in the wrong it it adds to perspective well and that that's where you just come right in and i'll put it from perspective if i was a police chief there i'm, I'm not obviously but come in What's your standards? What are our rules? That's, what do you do? And like Dan Bongino just said on his, this is when the handcuffs come on, the fights are over. If that's the rules and that didn't happen, of course the police officer's in the wrong. You fucking didn't follow your own procedures, your standards. If those standards aren't, don't state that, and the police officer did it well, in the public opinion, yes, he's still wrong. But then also the department's got to come in and screen and go, what the fuck are your standards, guys? Why are you doing this? I, I agree. I I'm the same way. Guys, you, you've seen me. I, I talked about it when I'm standing face to face with the Taliban where I could have dropped the motherfucker right there and I'd actually talk to him to try to develop a rapport with him. I get it, dude. I get, I get standing in front of somebody that could kill you and you're trying to figure out, do I beat the shit out of this guy? Do I shoot him? Do I kill him? Or do we try to work this out? So I get that. Yes, when the fight's over and the adrenaline's over, you got to get up and no, because human life is human life. It, it is, especially if this gentleman... If this gentleman didn't do anything that was even remotely too close to murder or killing some, I, again, that then that's that's to me. Then if you're killing somebody, uh, sure, yeah, different you, story. You, you, yeah, different. But brother, but yeah, that that's where I just that's when I'm coming down again. When I say uh, analytical or the quantitative, what were the rules? What was he supposed to do? Did he follow those rules? If he didn't, then there's no black and white. Then there's no gray area. That dude's whatever the repercussion is supposed to be. If it's supposed to be charged for murder, then that's what he gets charged for. Uh, that's how I'm. That's how I look at it. Not the the courts of public opinion, but coming out. Back no, I, together, I agree. I but I, I I just put those out there for a matter of perspective. And I, and I, I could say Remy, for example, right? I, I remember from when I interviewed Remy, he served 
with uh, Eddie Gallagher. And I asked his opinion on Eddie Gallagher, and Eddie Gallagher is a friend of his. And Remy said, hey, if Eddie Gallagher did what they're saying he did, I remember this was his words. He said he has to pay the man, you know. Yeah, and yeah, so he's not a – I just think it shows he's not a hypocritical guy. That, that No, I agree. I, that I, I that was you, my – yeah. No, no, I, again, please don't think I'm busting your balls, dude. I'm, I'm no, speaking no, no, no. outwardly to, 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 to – I'm just speaking my mind here. Now, on the other thing, though, I know you've got it with with the crowds and the riots. Who, what store, whose stores are they destroying? Yeah, are they and, destroying and that's, their that's local probably, community again? I mean, what, it, yeah, what does pretty that? Yeah, pretty much is. And, yeah, and yeah. I agree. It doesn't do does, anything good. The, the to, only th- the, the question always <laughs> is for me, because I do agree, does absolutely no good to, to destroy stores in your own community. Part of, I think, the problem, and oh, this is not at all to excuse those people, is that I feel like when people peacefully protest, the media doesn't even notice it. Not, and it's like, we destroy our community. I, I, bro, and, I agree and the police at least notice I, what's going I, on. I completely agree with you. It's like, what is the shock value in that society again today? And and the media, again, I'll turn it right back on you, all the mainstream media right now. They, uh, most, most, if not all, the major shit that happens in the country and the overblown knee-jerk reactions are your fucking fault. Every bit of it. And I've been a part of that. I get it. That's why I, I know where those knee jack reactions come from. And I know how to, I used to have to use them to my advantage. I get it. But this situation here, I agree with you, Ian. Right like that. You're right. The peaceful protests don't get any attention. The 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 blow the going and ransacking every damn store out there and and the and the more crime and stuff that happens as far as looting and stealing and busting yeah, that's gonna get attention. But coming back to again with the full thing with the police officer, brother, I I, I'm a, I am in agreement with Remy, and I think there's a lot more of us out there, especially in the TAF community, that will say the same thing. There's a lot of substandard officers out there because of their lack of training, because they only get it from their departments. And the departments, they, they just don't train the people as they need to be. And and I, I do agree with that, and I've seen that. So, man, I, I, I wish I could speak more eloquently on it. Well, I can't no, speak eloquently fine. anyway. anyway I, but I was surprised that you haven't seen it because I, just going on Instagram and Twitter, it's it's like it's all I'm seeing. So yeah, I haven't been on Instagram in the last three days, three four. That's good. Days. That's a good. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> so so um, but it's something good to talk about. And and no, you're you're uh, officers out there. If you're doing the right things, and and then we're not talking about you. If you're an officer of course, out there, of course. And, and, and you are. You know, if the, always say if the, if the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, then don't worry about it, man. Or if it doesn't. And you know in your department that there it does fit for some, and this is why I come back to departments. You got to fix it eternally. Y'all got to fix it yourselves. We, we'll have all this going on, but if you guys don't fix the shit internally, it will never get fixed. And that's the God honest truth. We you and I can say whatever we want in protest galore. You got people distrusting the police, people you know, and and even even a lot of them that distru- that trusted the police, but then. When we had the arrest of like the hair salon owners and you see that Nick, the Marine out there with him getting roused up, those same people that backed you are now backing off you because you're 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 doing these you're backing these governors order. Again, it's it's crazy. So what I'm saying is without because we're running out of time and now we got to get Phil on. What I'm saying is, is with the departments, guys, is you all know what the right things are. You know what it is. You know what's wrong. You got to fix it within your departments. All of us on the outside can, will will never fix it ever. No matter how violent we get, or peaceful we get, or how much we talk about it, if it's not fixed internally, it, it's never going to get fixed, brother. And that's 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 the truth with any organization, uh, but especially the the law enforcement community. It, it really is because they are they are a 
a fraternity, man, big fraternity. And if you're not part of that, they'll listen to you maybe, but it probably not. And until it's fixed from the inside out, it's never going to get fixed. No, well said, man. I think that was eloquent. So uh, <laughs> with, that's the best with, I could do, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree with everything you're saying, and and these are these are very tough issues, especially with yeah. what the community is going through as a whole, what the what the country is going through, and then you add fuel to the fire, which yeah. is not a good situation. Um, but with that, well, we've got Phil Abonte waiting by, and um, who knows, maybe we'll get into this because Phil comments on everything. If you read Phil's Twitter, he, uh, yeah, Phil's Phil's it. Phil's in the know, man. He's in the know more than I am. Much, he is. But, so yeah, with, is. with that, you know, Phil is huge in the firearms industry and all those guys wanted to be a part of this episode, including Fort Scott Munitions, a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC-spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. And that's munitions, M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. Joining us for the first time on Battleline Podcast, a guy that I've uh, hung out with a couple times when you're on Andrew Wilkow. I know that you and Tonto go way back. Singer for All That Remains, gun store owner, retired Marine, Phil Labonte. Awesome to have you on, man, and, and yeah. excited to hear what you're up to through this whole crazy situation. Uh, well, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's good to talk to you guys, too, Chris. I haven't, talk, I haven't talked to Chris. I know. It's it's good, it, 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 two years, dude. It's been since... Yeah? Uh, Two years ago, since a two or three years ago shot show, we went to yep. dinner with yep. with 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 Mountain Man Hodge. That never yep. looks like he's never takes a shower. Love love Hodge, but good uh, man. You should see his place now. He's he's got he's got he's knocked basically every tree on his property down. He's got like <laughs> like ten or fifteen acres. Knocked every tree down. He's got oh, horses shit. now. His new oh. his wife likes horses, and so you know he likes his wife. So knock them yeah. trees down to get some horses, man. You gotta get some horses out there. <laughs> and we and we overpaid for that shitty ass damn sushi at that at that freaking restaurant. No boo, yeah. No yeah. boo, like no. Yeah. Sorry guys, the fusion. No, just go to old school. Go down the old trip and eat. Don't eat that damn place. No, that's good. See, and and uh. you're still, dude. I was gonna. I was telling Ian, I'm like, man, last time I talked to Phil or saw Phil, the dude was fucking jacked. Are you still, I, are you, you and Bubble still, still, still lifting all the time, man? I would be more jacked if the gyms had not been closed oh, for the past yeah. two months. I, I was in, I was in very good shape, uh, getting ready for the, we're supposed to be on tour right now. We were supposed to leave, uh, April 10th and I was in very good shape about a month out from the tour. And I was, I was, I was going to be, I was going to look good on stage. I was going to be tip top shape for tour. And then they're just like, all right, we're shutting everything down. And I'm like, all right, bring on the fucking ice cream. You know? <laughs> that's right. You're uh, just getting the calorie set up so you can turn it all into muscle when the that's gym's right. open. 
Once the gym opens, man, I'm, I, and I think it actually will be next week. I think so. I, I'm, I'm ready to go, actually, man. Yeah, they, they opened them here. Iowa opened last week. So, uh, so what? Are, no, are you? Where are you at? Where are you at right now? Where are you New living Hampshire. at right? Oh, you're still you're in New Hampshire. So actually, some of those areas there aren't bad. I mean, you got some no. crazy liberals, there, li- liberal governors there, but a lot of them are. But they're not too bad on the outside, outside mm. of the big metropolitan areas. New Hampshire has been pretty good. I mean, uh, the thing is, I think that like for the most part, like we didn't have a lot of mandatory lockdowns. I don't think Um, I think they were like, you know, gyms and stuff like that. They want you to close, which I guess it makes sense. Um, But they, you know, like Home Depot and everything has been open the entire time. Yeah, that's their stuff, you know, but oh, that didn't make any sense to me. They're like Home Depot, but you can't have a gym. Well. Anyway, we, we, we'll go down that rabbit hole, and then by that time, it'll be 1230. We don't have talked about shit. But right. so I want, yeah, so, no, it's good talking to you, brother, and it's good seeing you. And again, I, I always, whenever we've had the, you know, we've had uh, Dave Silvera and Jimmy Allen, the last two, and I still always reference, I always say the best, because I always say to, to this day, it still is, and this is how I met Phil. Two weeks is still one of the greatest, if not the greatest rock songs that transcends. And how long is that? How long was that? That's been over 15 years ago, right? That two weeks came out, the, 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 the song where that, and that's the first song I heard. And that's when I met <laughs> Phil. And that was the, I met, I saw, I walked in, I knew Hodge cause Hodge had worked at the agency. Yeah, was 2008. 2008. And I remember I walked in a shot show when I first met Phil mm-hmm. and I, two weeks was played that all the time going out, getting in the set, getting, getting in the uh, light armor vehicles. And I put on all that remains two weeks and I just jam out. And I remember it was, it was like I was starstruck. Hodge says, yeah, this is my buddy Phil. And I said, Phil who? He goes, Phil Labonte. He goes, from All That Remains. Like, I wasn't supposed to know who that was, even though I'm a ranger. And that's what we listened to, his headbanging shit. I, I said, All That Remains. I said, two weeks? Because I go, holy shit. I, I was starstruck. And that, that was how, that's how I got my love affair with Phil started right there. It was awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, things are good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm building a home studio here uh, at the house, so. You know, doing doing as much as I can with you know the limitations that the that the uh, the lockdowns have put on because everything's slower. You know, stuff that I could get done in in a in a couple of days or a week. Now it's taking a couple a couple weeks <laughs> to get stuff done. But slowly but surely, I'll have uh, I'll have uh, everything. I should have everything squared away and actually move my whole streaming setup uh, to the home studio probably probably tonight or tomorrow. Um, wow. So because I, I stream on Twitch now. Um, I've got, I'm not sure the schedule a hundred percent yet, but I, I've been doing every day now. So that's what, and that's what I keep, I do to keep busy to, to, to keep in touch with fans and stuff. I stream and I play, you know, play riffs and hang out and do chats. And sometimes I'll play video games and stuff, but I, I, I want to make sure that even though all that remains isn't on tour, people are aware of what we're doing. People know that we're, we're working on new music, you know, um, as soon as again, Massachusetts is one of the more restrictive places and that's where most of the guys are. Yeah. Most of the guys in the band are from. So, uh, I'll go back to Massachusetts and start working on arrangements and stuff. Uh, once they end the lockdown, which hopefully will be in the next couple of weeks, but we've got a new record that'll be out next year, um, nice. 2021. I'm, I, we were looking wow. at first quarter, and I think it might end up being second quarter now because of the lockdowns and, and what COVID's done with uh, the time frame. So so maybe second quarter, but I'd still love to see it come out in uh, in like March, but I, I think it's more likely to be like May next year for a new record. So, But we're working on it. We're, we're starting. We're, we're, we have stuff in the in the... In the oven, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> irons in the fire. It's interesting too because I, I feel like you're 
own personal fan base has become something different and and expanded out of all that remains because for example, people that, that I follow on Twitter, like Kate Hyde, who we've had on, for example, mm-hmm. Kate Hyde doesn't fucking listen to all that remains. She <laughs> likes hearing about your, you know, your political views, your take on things. And I think you've kind of transcended just being a musician, just being a vocalist. Maybe. And, and that that would be awesome to think that uh, I have an impact outside of the band. But the band is is has be, has been so good for me. And, and has been such a, a, a wonderful uh, opportunity to, to meet people, to, to, to touch people, to reach people that, that I, you know, might not talk to or might, you know, would never, never have any other way to, to, any way to communicate with, you know, otherwise. So, I mean, to be able to say that I have a career outside of all that remains is a huge, awesome thing. Um, and but I just I never want to forget that it came or comes from all that remains that that's where it came from that was the start and that's why that's really why anyone gives a crap about you know what a, what a guy you know a guy like me has to say. <laughs> so. uh, you have the longevity. You guys have been around. You think about it now. It's been around for a long time, and that's odd. Yeah. Just in in the music world and the, and the rock world. So you in how have you, brother? And I, I've always wondered how have you maintained that? How have you guys stayed? You know, you're in relatively together. You, you really have. I, you know, God bless his soul for Ollie. You know, yeah. and but that's but you know he didn't that he didn't just like walk away from the group. That's what happened yeah. to Ollie. And we might want to talk if you want to talk about it. We can. I, I um, we talked a little bit about Ollie, and I remember just even my brief moments with him. Yeah. How how it was being around a guy like that. But how with the rest? How have you stayed? How have you guys just? Because usually guys get on people's nerves i mean i get on people's nerves after about a couple months i don't know how the hell you guys do it for years and you travel together and and we've had you know we've had our we've had a couple people come and go you know i mean you know aaron he's been in the band since 2015 and Jeannie was in the band for 10 years yeah before that and and so earlier in the band's career it was harder to get you know to get a, a solid foundational lineup that felt good that could do everything we wanted to and we went through a few iterations that way but once once we kind of got our 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 foundation once we released like this darkened heart and then the fall of ideals then it became you know pretty clear of what we expected out of people in the band sure um you know anyone that was like oh i want to play in all that remains they knew that they had to be able to play songs from the fall of ideals they're gonna have to be so then there's a certain level of musicianship that's required and uh and if you can do that, you know, and everyone does their job, then it's we're we're really easy to get along with. It's when people aren't doing their job that that we we have problems. You know, if you if you show up for shows and you don't know you don't know the songs that we told you to to know, you're gonna get treated like you fucked up. You know. Well, that's is that, that, I think that that's the marine mentality, man. Okay, that, Big boy rules. Fuck you got you got it. And what do you do? You elevate their feet in the background. You know, make them do eight eight million pushups. Duck duck walk from the backstage to the front. And, well, I, I've embarrassed. I, like, I won't do it like in public, like at a show, like when yeah. the crowd is there. But when it comes to like, say, the band and the crew, and we're doing sound check, I'll poke fun at someone in front of the crew and band because they fucked up. But I would never do it like I would never do it, you know, like in front of like fans because you know you don't want to embarrass someone in front of fans. That that's mean. But if someone doesn't know something and they're supposed to know it. 
I'll be pointing and laughing if they fuck up. I'll be like, ah, ah, you don't know your parts. And then everybody, you know, and, and it only takes a couple times where you're like, ah, and everyone's like, oh, and, and, and it, it fixes people real quick. They're like, shit, I don't want to fucking screw up again, you know? That peer pressure and that, oh. cond- that condescending. And and you still have that freaking raspy rock voice. <laughs> Actually, that annoyed the shit out of me right there when you did it. I I can understand. <laughs> okay, I'm, I don't want to hear that damn voice again. That sucks. Okay, I got. I'll get it right. I'll get it right, Sergeant Phil. I'll get it, it right. It, it reminds you of the of drill instructors or drill sergeants. You it, know? <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit, was that Igor? Was that Igor? Was that Phil? <laughs> Holy fuck! Oh, dude. You know. All right. So, sorry, Ian. Did I just had to poke fun in front of everybody? I did it. My fault. Right. You get me back later. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I'm busy and uh, with the band, and and that's what we're we're doing. Right. Hoping to get on on tour. There's still some shows that that haven't been canceled that that might actually happen this summer. Some big festivals, and I'd love to see it. You know, so hopefully we can be we will be back out there. And then the the shows that we were supposed to play with Hell Yeah, uh, we can go ahead and and wow. Make those shows up because those are just postponed anyways. They weren't canceled. They were postponed. The tickets are still good. If people have tickets for the, the tour that we're supposed to be on now, they'll they'll be honored later in the year. So we hopefully awesome. we can make it happen. So That's awesome. the band that's going to be strange to see. I have to say without Vinnie Paul behind the drum kit. I mean, such an icon. Yeah, yeah. We've toured with them before, and and you know we we done um, we did a full month tour with with Hell Yeah, and then we've done a bunch of festivals too. So we, we've been we've known those guys for a long time, and. You know, I didn't really know the guys when uh, I didn't know um, Dime, so I never I, I didn't get to, to meet Dime when he before he passed away. Um, but all my basically all my fucking friends did. Uh, but I did get to know you know I got to know Vinny a little bit, and uh, you know those two, those two losing those two guys is a really really big hit for the metal community, a really yeah. big hit. So <clears throat> last year or not two, two years ago was rough for the metal community between you know it was like we lost Ollie we lost Vinny we lost Kyle from uh from we came as Romans um oh, yeah and that was just the, the 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 metal you know the metal uh you know genre there were other people that that were you know throughout the music industry that we lost that you know and the and it, so it was a, it was a rough year so yeah no, I, I could imagine and and I actually Tonto was just telling me last episode from his limited experience what a great guy Ali was and and just speaking with him and and yeah he's one of those guys who was a long-term member of the band who would probably <laughs> would still be touring with you as long yeah. as you're doing this it sounds like yeah I mean Ali was the first guy Ali was the last guy to join the band of our original five members. So I started the band. It was me and Chris Bartlett and Mike Bartlett and Dan Egan. And Ollie joined the band just a little bit, just about a year after we got started. Like we actually, st- I started writing for the band. So I started writing in 1998 and Ollie joined in September of 1999. Um, so yeah, he was, he was the, ori- the only other original member in the band, you know, and, and he was my friend for 20 years, you know, wow. so it, it just, uh, just Talking to and I and thank you guys. I, I I watched the the madness video again and like man that they really did a good job on that, that video. Even with it Mike came out Dumb, good. It, it did. Mm-hmm. I'm like man, even I'm, and appreciate you having me in there. Um, but 
you know, that's just talking to Ollie for just brief, even that time frame there. And I, he just actually sat down and just started chat. It was cool. So I was like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, Ollie, look at this dude. Just, just, <laughs> just, just normal. Like I told Ian, he's got the rocker lady, but then you sit down to him and the dude is so eloquent, so smart and has the yeah. kindest heart talking to me about yeah. how he was going to South America to teach kids how to play guitar. I'm like, ah, yeah. dude, this dude's bad. But then he gets on, then he got on the set and I'm just, and I'm just watching him do the, the long hair and the, the just, just get after it. It, it, it was awesome, bro. I, again, I, I think people, you know, need to see, and if I haven't seen you, even, even though I got the rest of soul again, Ollie, not there to see you and to see how you handle <laughs> yourself on stage, just by me watching you on set, you, you, you put out a great show, brother. And that was Thanks, just my experience with Ollie and, and then watching you, just watching you on on do the video when I wasn't doing my little my little thing on the video it was tremendous, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, you know, Ali, uh, Ali was definitely he was. I mean, he was a character. You know, he was yeah. definitely a character, and he he, <laughs> he was he was uh, he's the kind of dude that that when people met him, they always walked away with like if they if they hung out with him, they always had like a story. Like you couldn't hang out with Ali. And 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 not come away with some kind of hilarious story where you're just like, what are you talking about? You know, or, or just some something that something that he says or something that he does that that just like makes you go like, what? what? And you're, you're, yeah, you're just like, what are you talking about? Just like, and then he just kind of he'll just sit there and he'll kind of like give you like a sly smile and he'll go, ha ha, you know. And, and uh, oh, it, it was it was just the 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 way that he would he would he would play with people and interact with people that he didn't know, um, you know, whether or not he knew them, but like he'd be, he'd just walk through the bus and, and he may or may not have seen the person that's sitting there and instantaneously he sees them and he's like, all right, that's my, that's the person that I'm going to have a little, you know, my little banter with or whatever. And they'll be completely and totally unknowing. And then he'll just say something totally off the wall or do something. And people are just like, huh? <laughs> and and, and, I, and I'm just like, and I'm just like, all right, do your thing, you know, just like letting him do his thing. And then they're just like, what? And I'm like, that's Ollie Herbert. <laughs> and they're like, oh, and Ollie, and Ollie will be like, yeah, and just and, and, and ghost and gone, you know. So, so he's just tons of tons of fun and such like a like such a uh, you know such an interesting, cool person and, and, and ex eccentric, uh, eccentric yeah. and fun. That's absolutely absolutely. Yeah, the, the thing we regularly talk about on this show and we always say is like the kind of the connecting theme is we, we talk about perseverance and overcoming obstacles and everybody we've had on the show, it comes from a very different background. I mean, at this point, we've had actors on, we've had special operations, military veterans on a few different uh, musicians now at this point. At that point, how did you say, I'm going to keep going with this band full steam ahead, even though he's not with me because you guys are still doing great. We're doing big tours until all this. You did you did, How do you your persevere? Yeah. Your music didn't change. I mean, nothing. That was what was so amazing is that you did. It's like, and and I know I know you're feeling hard in your heart that something had happened, but you 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 just you made it seamless, brother, and you just kept kept putting putting good stuff out there. Even well, I know Jay, emotionally you're hurt. Yeah, I mean it. It was. I didn't know what we were. We didn't know what we were gonna do. Like we didn't know <clears throat> what we should. What we you know what we should do honestly. Um, and then when Richardson hit us up, Jason Richardson, the guy that, that, that plays, uh, lead guitar for us now, uh, he hit us up and he was like, look, I know you guys got stuff coming up and I know that, you know, 
Ollie would not want you guys to stop. So uh, if you guys want, I'll jump in and I'll, I'll do the stuff. And, and it was, he was initially just going to fill in. And we were like, well, that takes a huge load off of our minds because we didn't have to worry about if we could find someone or whatever we, we, we could, we could make the decision as to whether or not we wanted to go and do the shows knowing that we were capable of it. So that, and cause that was a big deal. Like, sure. It's one thing to be like, okay, we want to do the shows, but can we find someone to fill in? Can we find someone that can do what Ollie did? Because Ollie, sure. you know, Ollie's, Ollie's not, you know, Ollie was no joke of a guitar player and all that remains music is not easy to play. So we had to find someone that, you know, we, at first we were like, I don't know if we can, we can even think about doing these shows. Cause I don't know that we can do this. I don't know if we should do the shows and stuff, but when Richardson hit us up, then we at least knew that if we decided that we wanted to do the shows or that we, we should do the shows, that it was the right thing to do, that we did have the ability. And then once that decision was made, then the rest of the decisions seemed to be pretty obvious and easy. We got someone that can do it. It's a guy that Ollie really, really looked up to as a player, a uh, guy that, uh, that looked up to Ollie as a player. Like they had tons of respect for each other. Uh, Ollie used to go and watch Richardson play when he was in Born of Osiris. And he was just like, God, that kid is so great, blah, blah, blah. So we knew it was the right fit. And so once we knew it was the right fit, then it was a, an easy decision. And Richardson was like, you know, hey, you know, I, I like playing these songs. I like you guys. Let's let's keep doing it. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, moving forward with writing another record and stuff. We're, we're going to do that now. But, uh, um, you know, Richardson just seemed like the right guy to be in the band, sure. you know. And, and, you, and you're right, you have to do it with respect because you're not just replaced out oh, here. He's just not like a, a cog in the machine that you can just yeah. replace and it, it has to be done. And, and that's cool that you thought of that. I mean, hey, man, we're, we're not sorry. This isn't the machine. All that remains, all they just throw them aside and we're going to put somebody else in. This no. We got to do it where it's where it means something. And having yeah. a guy that respected each other and sound like a, sounded like Ollie may have even been a mentor uh, toward. And maybe I'm wrong, because I don't I don't know your new guitarist at all. But even so having that relationship bro that that i'm sure that helped and and made it cathartic and getting back on stage and, and doing it and getting up there again because you're right you're right ollie wouldn't want to just stop and that sounds no. that sounds cliche but that's the god on the truth even for the short little bit that i even i knew and i don't think you, did you ever know this I, I flew into new hampshire and flew into providence airport you guys were coming off coming off tour and it was ollie and your your other guitar player not bubbles not the bass player um mike Mike and Ollie, dude, he he's like yelled at me through the airport. Saw me. That's how cool the <laughs> dude was. Like, hey, Tano, let's yeah. go. And I remember getting that selfie with him, and I thought, man, that's yeah. so cool. I haven't seen this dude in six months, and he just yelled at me across like I was his best friend. <laughs> and it was it, 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 it that, but that's that's even like even my little spit with Ollie. That's he just he had the kindest, nicest, smartasses heart in the whole in the whole world. And and yeah. uh, well, it's good to hear, bro. And I'm glad. I'm I'm glad you guys. Uh, guys are, are still continuing on because to me you know you you're iconic to me all that remains you and just because again that's just like corn and, and puddle of mud and those guys that are out there at that time i was listening to and uh it's who i was listening to when i was overseas before i met you before i fangirled yeah. you at the, at the club there <laughs> in las vegas um, it's like man because because it does it brings back memories of what i was doing in a very austere environments away from home and yep. your music and stuff that got me through, through being gone exactly. for months at a time. Yeah. 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 Well, I, that's a, that's a good. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Well, that's, that's, that's a huge thing that, that, 
or that's a that's a that's a really really big deal to me that kind of stuff um i didn't when like when i started playing music like it was in the 90s and there was no you know we didn't have there was no war there was no like yeah. the first desert storm had happened and then after that it like everything was really really chill and and so when i was playing started playing music i never thought of being a connection to home for dudes overseas yeah, yeah. fighting in in a war like it never entered my mind that i that that might be something that happens cuz again you know it, in the 90s the way that it felt was like you know war was kind of like a thing of the it kind of felt like war was a bit of a thing of the past yeah, it really yeah. did, at least for me it did you know because the the soviet union was defeated that was the end of the of that era and for us, at least me in the 90s, it felt like, okay, well, that that I don't see how we're going to have any big wars anymore or whatever. And, and obviously, that's a very naive way to look at it. Um, but that's where I was as, as a you know, young young adult and teenage, you know, late teens, early 20s well, well, and 90s. You know? Well, so, not, well, not, not really, because that, that was conventional. That's all we, we knew about growing up was, and I was joining the military yeah. in the 95, and I didn't foresee us go. I mean, granted, I didn't. I wasn't. Didn't care if we did. That's why I joined Ranger Battalion. But I, you know, but it was conventional. Like we weren't yep. thinking unconventional, which is what the wars are we on with now. Unconventional, yep. small war. And but you're right. I. But that being said, the music definitely did did have a connection. And and I always, whenever, and it still, so it still comes on octane and turbo. You still hear two weeks pop on, man. And it just it takes me back to. It takes me back to all my deployments, but in particular, yeah. in particular, me, me actually in at the uh, at the embassy annex there when we were in we were in Baghdad, and it, so I well, I appreciate it too, and I maybe maybe that's your your military, maybe that's the Marine that came out of you when you were I don't know, <laughs> tell me when, uh, when you, you were know, singing it, it was it the Marine came out of you singing that song is that why because that that one to it, me is is tremendous it's it still is it's I, still the best song out there brother (laughs) it uh i you know i don't know it just uh that one that one everything just kind of came together with that one and the thing is that one was was it was when we were putting together the song the actual riffs like we had 17 different arrangements of that song and like well and actually i don't know if it was 17 but or if if it was like it was it was probably four or five or six or whatever but we couldn't settle on which part for which part you know which which part should be the verse which part should be the chorus which part should be the the um the bridge you know because the intro and the the verse riff are different um ollie and mike are almost never playing the same thing like there's yeah. basically yeah. two different guitar parts through the whole thing. They never play in unison through the whole thing, through the whole thing. And, and so fi- figuring out which voicings we were going to use as the lead melodies and, and the main, me- it was just, it was a lot of work. And once we finally got it together, uh, it was, it was definitely a, it felt like a load off. We were like, Oh, thank God. And then, <laughs> and then I got into a fight with the, with our label about how the vocals were going to be done. And I was totally wrong. Like our label was right. And I was fighting, for for to do it a different way and they were like no do it this way and i was like no you guys are wrong and they were like well we're doing it this way whether you like it or not and i was like fuck you're wrong and, and and then they were wrong and i mean then they were right and i was wrong so i was like fuck i was wrong and i was all fighting with them like i thought i was right i should shut the fuck up and like, see, that, that that whole fucking song is big goddamn fucking 
Like that, I, I can't believe that it came out that well because that, it just seemed like it was a going to be a mess from from the beginning. Uh, but, uh, that, but yeah, that's, that's a crazy story. That is a crazy story because yeah. it did. When you hear it, it's like, man, this is just perfect. It's like you did yeah. it in one take, but now I know. Now I know it nope. took 17 different riffs. That, I'm kidding. Yeah. Right, but th- that is so cool. That, but that's that's such a cool story that you just persevered, though. Persevered. Yeah. And then you're, it's cool that even especially as a Marine that you could admit that you're wrong. That's impossible. I yeah. never heard that from Marine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 but, but you did, dude. And, and, and it came out. Per- oh, that's. I love that story. Because that's, that's something I, I would never know. People would never know when you listen to it. Yeah. That, no, yeah. And that's that's an interesting uh, if I could transition here because you're going back to, you know, the Marine Corps days. I, I know I've spoke to you before and I feel like any time you get asked about your time in the Marine Corps, you're like, oh, I didn't really do anything. But, you know, I think people I would like to hear. Yeah, but I think people would like to hear what what motivated you to become a Marine, join the Marine Corps, especially with, with your background as as a vocalist and, and going back to your love of, of making this band, trying to create things. And at that time, what made you say, all right, I'm going to put that on hold. I'm going to serve my country. Yeah, and and don't dad. think that you didn't do anything, dude, because basic training is – people that haven't gone in the military at all, dude, basic training is pretty freaking – and in the 90s, that's when hazing yeah. was going on, dude. So come on. Yeah. Don't sell yourself I mean, short at yeah, all. It was I, – I mean, I, I completed basic training, and, and at the very least, I think the basic training – allows people to understand that just because things are difficult doesn't mean you stop. And I I think that that's something that, that I didn't really realize or didn't learn until basic training. Okay. You're doing, you're on a forced March or whatever, you're doing something and it starts to hurt. Well, just because it starts to hurt doesn't mean you stop. It starts to hurt that there is so much more misery that is that is uh, that is a- able for you to experience if you're only now starting to hurt. Right? Yeah. If it's just starting to hurt, the the amount of hurt that that is that you are capable of withstanding from when you start to hurt until you literally can't take it anymore, that's a long way. A long <laughs> that is a way, long no, way. It's your brain, buddy. It's, yeah. it's always tell your body will go forever ever and ever yeah. and ever it's your brain that says hey you big puss stop yeah. stop it and that's yeah. what you, and then you but you just got to push that's what basic training in the 90s the second time i went in it wasn't as hard but the first time in the 90s yeah the hazy that's where it's same thing i agree that's where it gets you that that i can go a little bit farther and you go have yep. to go a little bit farther not because you're pushing yourself because i want to be the toughest it's because i don't want this drill sergeant yelling at me in the back i don't want to look like a piece of crap to all my peers around here you're doing it out of essentially fear but at least it gets, yeah it gets you because you don't want to be the idiot yeah you, you don't, don't want to be the idiot i don't want i don't want too much attention like i want to be the guy i want to be like if there's a platoon if like if the platoon's running and there's like you know there's 30 guys running or whatever i want to come in about number eight <laughs> right, number nine maybe You're, seven because i don't want to be too too close to the front because then you get too much fucking attention i don't i want to be better than the middle of the pack because i want to excel and i want to do well and fuck being at the end, at the end the, no, you want to be you'll be the, the great where you just call that the gray man you want to be the gray man yeah i just want to fly me. And yep, that's perfect. That, well, not anymore. Shit, you ain't the Grayman anymore, dude. You're all that rains. <laughs> then, then you go on tour with yeah. Five Finger, and now you're touring the hell. Uh, come on, man. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm no, not anymore. But it, 
when I was in the Marine Corps, I wanted to, I wanted to be, I wanted to be like, all right, get my shit done and keep my head down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> where, where did, did you, did you go to Lejeune? Were you on the East Coast or West Coast? We talked about yeah. this before off, but you were, you were on the East Coast, right? And you went to Lejeune. Yeah. See, that's, that's, Paris, dude, that's no yeah. joke. Paris Island is, is no joke. Now, where did you go get stationed after that when you left Paris Island? And what was your, again, and this is for me, because I know we talked about Paris Island, but I don't think I ever really got into any more of your, your Marine career. And, and my, uh, well, like I said, I didn't do anything. I got a medical discharge before I even finished my school, but I was going to be a 40, okay. an 0341. So I was going to be mortars. So when you get done with, uh, when you get done with Paris Island, uh, then you got like, we had like a week off and then yeah. we, I went to, uh, then I came back to North Carolina or I came to North Carolina and you do your, normally you go to Camp Geiger and you do your school of infantry or you do your Marine MCT, Marine combat MCT. training. So every Marine yep. goes to MCT first. Then after that, everyone, everyone that has another job, that's not an infantry job goes off to, you know, over wherever their school is sure. Um, sure. because of, because I was infantry. I stayed at, uh, SOI at, at Camp Geiger, School gotcha. of Infantry was at, at Geiger. So I stayed there until I got sent home from uh, from SOI in '94. So Did, would would you have a mortar <laughs> tube following your legs or something? That's that, no, that's no joke. I'm, that job is no I just joke. Got, <laughs> yeah, I, I I just got fucking shitty ankles and they fucking kept rolling and it was the '90s, so they're just like, get the fuck out of here, dude. You're fucking. Yeah, you're <laughs> gonna keep rolling your fucking ankles. Get the fuck out. They were just oh, they I, sent me home. Okay, so who, who's the brilliant person that, or was that you that said, well, since I'm pretty much going to be carrying the heaviest load and I have shitty ankles, I'm just going to go to that job. I'm, so I didn't know. Five, two, <laughs> who who yeah, decided I know. that? I'm, I'm fucking 5'6". <laughs> at the time, I weighed 135 pounds, 140 pounds. And I didn't, I had no idea of what the fuck, you know, I didn't know shit. I was just, my recruiter was like, if you go to the mortar, I can get you in in September. And I was like, if I go in, oh. in September, I, that means that I'll miss most of the heat and I'll miss most of the winter. I want to go in in September, so I will go and do mortars. It was a dumb idea. Believe me. <laughs> For those of y'all don't know out there being a mortarman in the infantry, you, you, you are carrying the heaviest packs wherever you go. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're carrying, carrying all the tubes. You're carrying the, the whatever size mortar, whether it's 60. Oh, and I did forget about it. If it's the 120s. And, and, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Oh, so. base. Oh, the base plate. I remember guys at Ravetown. Let's do our thirty miles. Yeah. Where they oh, base plate. They weren't carrying it, dude. They were have because it was so heavy towards the end of it. They were taken out of the ruck and they were pushing it the rest of the way because they just pushing didn't want to carry it. it. <laughs> it's like I God. Mean, I'm glad I, I didn't decide them? to be a mortarman. No, I. I was like God. I'm glad I didn't decide to be a mortarman, dude. Because that shit looks awful. Thank. I was thanking God I was carrying a two forty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, 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 did I? So, so did your did your passion for firearms come after that, or was that something yeah. you grew up with? Uh, it was. I'd gone shooting a lot when I was a kid with, but it wasn't with my dad. My dad wasn't really into shooting. Um, he had a twenty two uh, that he never really got, you know, really never really took out and shot. But a friend of the family was into shooting, and he liked guns, and so I went shooting with him a bunch. Then when I joined, when I graduated Marine Corps boot camp, he got me my first rifle, which was an SKS, uh, which oh, I still wow. have. Oh, wow! Yeah. Awesome, awesome. The, the SKS yeah. guys, that's the that's the civilians. <laughs> AK, yeah, you mess you up, and that's that's yeah, okay. do do you, uh, go, So with the guns, and since we obviously have a, a, a pretty big gun listening group, can you talk a little I, bit more? Because I, I mean, I'm, I knew you from the store. I don't know if you still own the store with Rob or not. Do you still have the have the uh, have the gun I'm stores? Still involved. 
he he moved it from he had moved it out to the to the street and to uh, he moved it out from his house to uh to a main road and the main road the the overhead and stuff for the main road was too much so I told him we well he brought it back to the house so he's still got the shop at his place he's got he's doing the ranch there I mean he should have left it there in the first place because yeah. he already yeah. has the mortgage there he doesn't need a second mortgage but anyways that's not my business what are you carrying out what's your go to I, I know that's yeah. a, that's just a simple <laughs> question but. I, you know, people want to know what are you carrying, yeah. and are you building? And I know you build rifles. I know you, you're I intimately you, you knowledge. So I'd like to know. Get into all that, man, if you could. Um, I I am a I am a uh, so I do I approach I approach guns the way that I approach any other tool. So I like nine millimeter. I like Glock. So all of my gun, all of my handguns are nine millimeters, and they're all Glocks. And so that way, most of the magazines are going to fit. If I grab a magazine, if it if it's long enough and it fits in the gun, it'll work with the gun. Yeah. Uh, if if I grab a handful of, of handgun ammo, it's going to work with those guns because it's all going to be nine millimeter. Um, I have AR-15s. They're all in five five six. Uh, so if I grab a magazine. It's it's a you know it's a five five six magazine. I have one three hundred blackout ma- uh, AR that I don't keep with my stuff because I don't want to sure. worry about magazines mixed up. Um, recently, I've been I got a uh, um, a Mark eighteen upper and I've been running a clone. So it's wow. something that you'd be familiar with, Tonto, from when you were in the army. It's yeah. the you yeah. know heck with the with the surefire light and I've got an aim point on it and. I got. I like the idea because everybody's doing like M-Lock or Keymod, and at some point, the extra material on the full Picatinny rail on the Daniel Defense uh, foreend, like that matters. That that does add a certain amount of robustness to it sure. over what you've got from your 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 Keymods and your and your. Um, and your M locks, and M-locks, I, yeah. you know, I have them. I have multiples of them, and I only have one that's a full Picatinny rail. But I wanted to have at least one that was kind of bomb proof. And and the reason, you know, the, I mean, the military goes with the Mark 18 for a reason. So I figured, all right, I'll get one of those, and that's kind of, that's going to be my my just in case bomb proof rifle. And then other ones I can have that are kind of Gucci, uh, <laughs> slick, you know, cool guy rifles and stuff. But I've got one that's the the kind of military style bomb proof rifle <laughs> well, and I, I agree with guys with the and i have m blocks and i have key mods but i still like the picatinny i a picatinny and people oh it adds a little bit of weight to it wait are you kidding me at what six ounces we'll get in the gym guys you can't carry yeah. that extra that extra <laughs> little bit of weight but it does it adds to robustness and really still the majority of stuff that you get that come with all the attachments are fitted when they come out of the box or that's a yeah, most of them are for picketing rail systems. Totally. And they, and then you have to get this attachment to get. It's like getting an Apple phone and then having to get all these different attachments you yes. have to buy just to fit. And that's like, gosh, no, let's just keep the picketing rail system. But that being said, I do have. I'm, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I do have weapon guns with M lock systems. But yeah. even on those, I add an attachment to picketing rail to the M lock. So it just goes back to yeah. you know, so well. It, it's true. It's true, and and I I like the I like the unlock stuff, and I like the uh, the, the key mod. I mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you can see the. I got a Noveski up there with a key mod on it, and and you know I like the stuff, but I think that that ha- having something that's that's overbuilt, or at least you know built specifically to be bomb proof, or or at least yeah. as close to bomb proof as you can get away with, have at least one of those. It's not a bad idea, especially seeing as I have multiple rifles. You know. 
Uh, that's and good. Good on you on the 300 blackout, keeping it separate from the 556. I. I have made that mistake before where I got to talking to somebody and I had 200, 300, 300 round black, two 300 blackout rounds in my pocket. So I'm punching back for a five, five, six. And I talked and and every time I go to the range, somebody wants to talk and Hey, that's not their fault. I'm not paying attention. And I pushed two rounds in there and believe me when that 300 blackout and it did feed that did feed in in the chamber. And you, I heard that, and I shot, and, and this was actually, I was with a class. I was teaching with a class, oh. and, and I shot in the whole gun. You know, and, and what Guys, if you put a 300 blackout in a 5.56 gun, it's going to blow up. And it did. It blew up. Now, the coolest thing, though, with the class was is that I remember it blew up, and I was like, son of a gun. You know, I look, and that's all I thought in my head. I was like, shit, because I knew exactly what had happened. I still couldn't figure out what had happened, how I got, they got in there. But I remember I looked at it and the guns tore up. It, the the whole lower is blown apart. The mm-hmm. bolts blown apart, and and everybody all they could think of because I just kept like you know I was like man it blew up. Everybody could just couldn't believe that I didn't freak out. I'm like guys, that things blew up in front of me before. Nothing, no harm, no foul. <laughs> and that was on the eval. They're like I can't. The class was fantastic. At least next time react when a gun blows up in your hand. And I, and I would like, be I would be surprised <laughs> if your heart rate even went up. I was just pissed. I was mad. Like, and I did just that. I just went, son of a bitch. Cause I knew what I did wrong. And you know, I was due. It'd been 18. I had, hadn't had any accidents in, I don't know how many years, 15, 16 years, none. And I was like, and I was, I was like, shit. And, you know, and, and I, go ahead. The thing like you, like you, you mentioned that you hadn't, you hadn't had any accidents in, in a long, long time. The thing is like, if you, if you're around guns long enough, there will be some kind yeah. of accident. That's why we. That's why it's so important that you always make sure that you're not pointing guns at yeah. people. That's why. That's yeah. the most important rule: never point a gun at someone. And I'm I'm super happy that we can uh, can just touch on this real quick because I'm sure that everybody watching is is you know we're all big boys here, and and I'm sure that there's not a lot of people that are watching this or or listening that that don't have experience. But it's it's great that we can can point to the fact that look if you're around guns because we're human yeah. if you're around guns for long enough there's gonna be an accident so the it, thing you have to do is make sure you never point it at anyone you're you're, so. you're right you're exactly how many i probably by that i've done it it did me too, brother and it, how many rounds have we shot i know i've shot tens of thousands of rounds been on ranges real world yeah. and it's gonna happen and I, I always tell people especially during the class the muzzle needs to be where it needs to be when it needs to be there what that's being saying is that yeah keep your muzzle away from anything and with the safety of getting get cliche anything that you're not willing or ready to destroy which means that hey you got to be responsible for that round don't put that muzzle towards anything that that really bottom line is isn't trying to kill you or or yeah. it's not a paper target and I always tell people to yeah always be two steps away from a catastrophic accident so keep that muzzle down range keep your finger off the trigger if the muzzle is pointing at somebody and your fingers off the trigger you're still two steps away don't do that but i yep. said always yep. be yep. two steps away from a catastrophic failure or a catastrophic yep. accident and and yep. yeah I, I kept the muzzle down again it, it was and that was that to me i remember walking back from the range <clears throat> and this was a weird feeling and i remember thinking to myself man it's that actually felt good i felt when that blew up i was like 
man, I felt at home. I try said to, to the rain. <laughs> I felt at home again. I was like, God, I just felt that felt so good. And, you got, and, um, got a little you know, taste of that adrenaline uh, again. You're like, oh man, man, I miss it. Yeah, and I had some. It, I did get Pete caught with a little shrapnel on the arms. I was wearing my HD vision glasses, and they are ballistic because I got hit with with shrapnel in my face, and they, they bounced off the glasses. Um, That's a nice endorsement for the glasses, yeah, especially no, and, for the people who are always like, you don't wear those fucking glasses. Oh, brother, I, every, I tell people, every picture you see at me at the range, it's with those HD vision glasses. And, but I'm not going to endorse it. Dude, they've made a shitload of money off me, and I ain't seen a dime. So. <laughs> but, 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 Phil, it's, that's what I love talking with Phil because, you know, Phil <laughs> Phil is. Phil is an avid gun, gun sh- he He's not a crazy, hey, I want to go in the governor's place and, and have an RPG pointed at her door. But, you know, I, but he's, he knows what he's talking about and he shoots, he's, he's, but he also knows safety. And that's, what's wonderful that he's talking about it is that, yeah, what's the first thing? Yeah. We talk about shooting thing, but safety, man, safety. Cause it is the accidents do happen. Yeah. Car, Murphy's going to get you. And no matter how much you shoot something, and it doesn't have to be something bad's going to happen where you shoot yourself or shoot something to somebody else or anything. God forbid that yeah. ever happens. It doesn't happen that I mean, often. But Chris, there was, there was this one time, Chris, there was this one time where we were at the shop and this guy brought in a gun and he, he had, it was an AK mag out and he's all like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. And he's sitting there talking about his gun, blah, blah, blah. And he finally gives it over to Ian, the guy that was my, yeah. my partner there at the time. Yeah. And the first thing Ian does uh, is grabs the, the, Clears the it. grabs it and racks it and pulls it back and what comes flying the fuck out a but a goddamn round, fucking man. 762 by 39 <laughs> motherfucker and it's like oh really dude that you were just talking about your gun and waving it around and blah 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 that shit happens all the time i've had negligent discharges myself at the range where i'm like dicking off or whatever and thankfully just like you said two steps away you know two yeah, two steps from like accident two yeah. things and, you know, or, or whatever, you know, I, I've done that stuff myself. So any, my, any time that I can, can have a conversation like this and touch on, let's remind everybody about safety stuff. I jump at the chance and I, I love, love to have the opportunity just to talk about it, especially with professionals that know, know the rules, because if we're talking about it, dudes like you and, and people yeah. that shoot a lot like me and stuff, if we're talking about it and we talk about it like it's important and we don't poo-poo the ideas and make jokes about it, then then we can relay how important it is to other people that it not be something that you make jokes about and you and and you take it seriously and and you don't do it overly seriously so that way it's a drag, but you talk about it. So it, it's just I I like to be able to to touch on these things because they're so very, very important. So so we don't because we don't take it for granted. We bottom line Absolutely. like anything else, don't take it for granted. And just like your profession, when you go out and on stage, you're not take like you said, you don't take it for granted that people know the song. They got to know the damn songs. That's taken for <laughs> yeah. granted. It, it's the yeah. same shit. It's it, and that's but that's professionalism, and that's what it should yep. be. And, and professionalism totally. isn't that you always have to speak eloquently. You can't drop an f bomb here. I always tell people that doesn't mean you have to wear a suit. Professionalism is that you take your job or whatever your 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 niche is, and you take it seriously every facet yeah. of it. And that, yeah, man, that's that's. I love talking guns with you, dude. We could go on another show and just talk about guns the whole time. Yeah, talking all guns. But I can't. I think we have a course out in New Hampshire. We, we had one scheduled uh, with, yeah. when the hibbity bibbity virus kicked off, though. I don't know if it still stayed on or not. I know I still have one in Maine, but if we're in New Hampshire and we the course is still going on, I know it's by you. You know you're always welcome to come out, man. Come out no, and, and shoot. 
if you're gonna if you're if if you're in Cheshire, I'll definitely be there, man. That'd be awesome. It just I'll, be, I'll do my best to be at the main one. I unlike you guys though, I'm I'm very <coughs> limited in my skills, so I'm looking forward to to learning some stuff. But you know, for those who don't know, Phil, as I said, is an awesome follow on Twitter at yeah, Phil that remains. Yeah. And because you're so active on Twitter, we don't get too political on this show, but I do have to ask, man, the big news today as we're recording this is, uh, well, the big news on Twitter is Trump saying, I'm going to do an executive order uh, regarding social media. I just have to hear your take on it because you always have like a good libertarian take on things. Well, I haven't I haven't heard what the executive order regarding social media is. Me neither. I don't think any of us have, you know, I'm not clear as to what authority the Constitution grants to the executive <laughs> to influence what is essentially essentially private property and freedom of speech, right? So, so I think ostensibly what he's talking about is there is there is a there is an amount of censorship of conservative perspectives, and I think that that's true. Um, I do no, think I, that. There's no think, brother. It is. I when I was on Twitter, okay. me, oh no, it's, there's 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 shadow banning and shit that go on, and no, there is. That's that's to say yeah. that to think that that no, and and for I, all you guys, jacket Twitter, yeah, you shadow ban the shit out of guys like us. You do. I I so I that, I think at least for the for the purposes of this conversation, we'll we'll say that yes, it, there is there is censorship on it. Now, whether or not the president should be or can say anything about it or has any authority, I'm. I'm not clear as to why the president should. Uh, they're talking about platforms versus publishing, uh, and I'm not sure the legalities of that. I'm not sure if there is if they have an obligation to uh, to have present both sides of a story or or whatever. I'm so I'm not sure. I, I don't know that I have an opinion on it because I don't think that I know enough about it. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I, do, I like. Just like Chris said, I, I I'm aware of the fact that there are conservatives that get their get their their sure. you know that get banned and and shadow banned and and that there is censoring and and conservative ideas get treated as as uh, as second class ideas and stuff like that. So that that I I I agree that is happening and I do think it's bad and I really wish that there was something that could be done about it, but I don't know that the government is the route to take. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, agree, I agree completely brother. and and. Yeah, I just like you, at least as of when we're recording this on Thursday, I don't know what the executive order is. But my thought is the president of all people is someone this could backfire on, because let's be honest, he's been all over Twitter the past few days throwing out conspiracy <laughs> theories that Joe Scarborough murdered <laughs> while, while the, the woman who died, her own husband is on Twitter saying, no, Jar Scar Joe Scarborough did not murder my wife. You know, so the president puts a lot of crazy shit on Twitter, too, and they might say we're going to have to censor this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the president was the first one of the first people that Twitter used a new feature on, which is it was it's supposed to be like a fact check thing, like a feature where the tweet goes up. They don't yeah. take it down. They put the tweet up and there's a link that that is to supposedly to fact check it. But the problem is the very first time the fucking Twitter used it, they fucking sent the link to just an opposing opinion that isn't <laughs> actually a fact. It's, a so it's just like, yeah, so it's like so it's it's literally it's just like they're like, oh, we're going to go ahead and link this uh, opposing opinion. 
but neither it's like it's just an opinion it's not a fact so it's like how are you going to fact check so it's it's already become a goddamn shit show is basically what, what i'm getting at it's already become a trash fire because that's exactly <laughs> what twitter is it's a dumpster on fire forever <laughs> it is it is i and i i agree man you don't the government doesn't need to get twitter is what it is if you don't like it or then get off it or on the other end then the conservatives why don't they don't start their own twitter I, again there's other rep but have an executive order to get in there and try to but no it's it, you can't it, yeah. it violates free it does it violates free speech as much as i don't i, I dislike the guy jack from when i was on twitter because i know what he was doing to my but that being said no, it, it's it's an open for they, he started it. They can do whatever the hell he wants with it. I mean, if that's the and case, another thing, and, and, Chris, I think that, that, that I think that I don't think that people are giving enough credit to the fact that Donald Trump is the president. If he goes be, and says, you know what, screw this. I'm not using Twitter anymore. I'm going to use this other this other platform. So there's there's, pla there's another platform called Parler and there's another yeah. one called Gab, I guess. If he there's goes to another Cloud platform, Hub, I know there's a conservative, yeah, and, you know, Tom and Denine Borelli are you know, on there. People would, I, I, I get fuck, where you're going. Fuck, fuck. Yeah, they would. So uh, we're, we're guys, we, we develop our own problems and then we maintain our own problems and then we bitch about our own problems. And either you can do one or two, like, like, like uh, Ian and like Phil saying, Hey, President Trump, jump over the other one then. How many people are going to yeah. follow you? Or you can be like me and just bib your finger out to both of them and say, fuck all y'all. I'm not going to get on anything because I don't want to be part of this shit show anymore. That, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's so, But I, I, I totally agree with you, dude. And you know, two years ago, I probably wouldn't have said that. I would have said, nah, you can do whatever you want. Twitter sucks. Uh, but now, two years later, me thinking clearly now, actually, because I've got off all that stuff and having actually an open mind again, I I'll, I agree with you. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's jack shit. He started it. It's, it's the one the one wants. argument I'll make that's actually probably even against our own argument, which I do understand <laughs> when you say, you know, oh, you can just start your own thing. We had Alex Jones on the show, Phil, which was actually pretty cool. And, and we focused oh. a lot on the shadow banning stuff. And we talked a lot about the deplatforming. And the sure. point that I think we made with Alex, which is true, is these social media platforms, whether it was Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, they all started out saying, this is where you can go for free speech. You can say whatever you want on here and we're not going to censor you. And it wasn't until they basically became a monopoly and everyone was on there that they, they, they then said, now we're going to censor you. Now we're and it's censor pretty you. hard to compete against that. True. It is true. And, and I don't think you're wrong. Um, I think that when they were, when, you know, when Google's, uh, Google's motto was don't be evil, right? When, <laughs> when Twitter used to be a free speech absolutists, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if they realized exactly, I'm not sure if it was that they didn't think they would become the, the size platforms that they would, that they've become and they would have the influence or if they were just really naive and didn't think that, you know, absolute free speech means that you're going to get you're going to have to defend terrible speech. Because anytime you defend free speech, you always have to defend the terrible speech because nobody yeah. wants to stop people from talking about the sports. You know, nobody wants yeah. to. No one's going to try and censor your ability to say that the Miami Dolphins suck. You know, like <laughs> no one's going to do that. Yeah. No one's going to censor your ability to say, I hate Tom Brady. Like, that's not yeah. what's going to get censored. It's going to be really controversial things. It's going to be things that people are going to say, yes, of course you shouldn't be allowed to say that. And then you're yeah. going to say, well, wait a minute. 
Right. Yeah. Are do we do we believe in the principle of free speech or don't we? And then people are going to say, ah, wait a minute, I, I really do have to think about it. Because yeah. if you believe in the principle of free speech, you have to defend horrible speech. You don't get to be a, 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 a defender of free speech and look like you're defending good guys. You don't yeah, I, defend I good guys when you defend free speech. You yeah. always defend bad guys. I think That's the thing that changed true. everything is that the creators of these platforms felt, because most of them, let's be honest, are left-wing. They felt responsible for the election of Donald Trump. And in the days of the 90s and early 2000s, when you could only get your news from CBS, NBC, all of that, Donald Trump probably wouldn't have been elected, I think, if not for social media. Because it was the people able to say, this is what we like. Fuck the media. This is our opinion. And those are the people that elected Donald Trump. And you know what else Alex Jones said that is true? He's like, and I don't agree with everything Alex Jones says, but he's like, they'll deplatform me. But actual Nazis, actual white supremacists like David Duke are allowed on the platform. How does that make sense? It doesn't. It doesn't. No. doesn't make any sense. But I don't but I don't know what the I I feel like it's more about it's more actually about the culture war than it is about uh, Nazis or or real racists or whatever. I, I, because I, I, the, Yep. People that are no. real racists, I feel like they it's obvious they're real racists. Like they they want to tell you that they're real racists. Like David Duke wants to tell you that he doesn't like black people or Jewish people. He wants to talk about that. If you talk to David Duke and have like if he comes on on a podcast or your show, he's going to want to tell you I don't like black people, I am a racist. Like that's what he wants to do. You don't have you don't have to like try and like tease out racism yeah. from racists. If yeah. they're racist, they want to tell you. They are. Like yeah. you don't have to sneaky. You don't have to use sneaky tactics to get racists <laughs> to tell you that they're racist. They just they just want to tell you because they're like, I don't like black people. I don't like the Chinese people. I don't like these people. They they want to tell you. It, you don't have to like trick them. And like, so going after Alex Jones, who's not a racist, he's just a weird, fun guy. I call him fun because I think he's fun. Don't get mad. He's fun. But he's just a weird guy. Going after Alex Jones as a racist or a Nazi doesn't make sense because he's not. If he yeah. was, he would tell you. He would tell you. what racists do. They tell you, I don't like the black people. I don't like the Jewish people. Like They, they tell you they're racist. Yeah. Yeah. They want I, to tell you. You know? I, I agree. I and me the only saying it to compete or, or get these whatever these these social media sites make them accountable the only way to do that is develop like you talked about and donald trump could could even do this just develop a competitor something that competes against them that's what always always yeah. you see the truth just getting something that is so you, a group doesn't have a monopoly so yeah i i completely agree that was the smartest thing i've heard and that you know why and i don't know again why didn't i think of that Hey, Donald Trump, you don't want people following Twitter, jump over to the other one because yeah. you're going to get eight million people. Uh, and uh, who knows? But you're, you're going to get a lot going yep. over to that. And that, now you've got a competitor. Now they're competing against each they're other. Gonna, and they're going to have to cover him, too. Like yeah. Brian yeah. Selter loves Donald Trump. Oh, right? like if it, <laughs> very sarcastically. Yeah. Jim Acosta <laughs> loves Donald loves Trump. They may, not, they may not admit it. They, they may love him because they love to hate him, but, but they their love house, him. But their household names now. Because of his him ridiculing them, and don't you you got you can't even tell me for a second they don't love it. Johnny, just, just because you mentioned him, could I throw something out there completely irrelevant? 
Do you yeah, know sure. Brian Stelter is the same age as me? He looks like he's fucking oh. like like in his late fifties. How old is he? I'm 33. You? He's either 33 or 34. Holy shit. Look, it up. Kidding? Look it up. Yep. Yep. Oh <laughs> my terrible. goodness. terrible. <laughs> that's that's as that's as shocking as this is gonna shock you as well. George W. Bush and Sylvester Stallone were born on the same exact day. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I tell you what, which one takes human growth hormone and which one doesn't? I want to be sliced alone. You look like a bag of shit compared to fucking Sly. Ah, uh, Sly still looks good in Expendables, man. Hell yeah, he does. He still does look good, man. Oh, I just Give saw that. Yes, Steve Rogers, man. You know, he's he's doing stem cells and all that other shit to keep it going. I don't give it, and I don't but care because I, I still love Sly. Sly Stallone, man. That's, yeah, that's I who I grew up on. Hell and yeah. He I love I love Sly. And I, I tell you what, whatever whatever they're pumping into Steve Rogers to make Captain America, <laughs> Sly got his hands onto that. I tell you what, uh, man. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, brother. That's awesome. I, this I, this I got, has been great, man. I, it is. I, I think we covered so much different stuff. And, and I love the fact that uh, we can get it to firearms, social media, you know, your upbringing, Second Amendment. And it's... uh. Once again, all that remains online.com at Phil that remains on Twitter, on Instagram. This has been a blast. I don't know. And, and on Twitch and on Twitch. Yep. Um, actually, you know what? The one last question I want to ask, unless you have anything else, Tonto, is how did because I'm wondering how how did the video for madness even happen? What made you call up this guy and say we wanted to portray? Yeah, actually, the actually, I got a call from your publicist when I was speaking in Long Beach yeah. or, or, or your manager or whoever it was. And. Who is cool? I forget his name. He's cool as hell. But other than that, I don't. Yeah, I don't know either. Tell me. I'd like. To he was. He was with. Uh, well, the guy that was our manager at the time, um, Ian. Uh, we're still with the same company. We're with. We're working with a different guy though. Um, Ian. He. Uh, he reached out, but you know, the idea was just because of the, the, the subject matter of madness. Um, you know, it was when when we wrote that song. It was. It was 2016, and the world seemed like everything was fucking going crazy. Yeah. And and so. <clears throat> We were kind of like, well, you know, how can we how can we tie this song in to something that actually matters, like to something that is going to, you know, have some kind of uh, benefit. And so then we were like, you know, we can we can talk to talk to Chris and we can do something for like for Chris's foundation or we can do something for for, you know, people that are going through PTSD and stuff like that. And 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 just do something to contribute, because there's, you know, like I you know, was in the military and, and I, at the time I, I, uh, recently separated from my wife, but at the time I, you know, my wife would, had been in the military and, and yep. we had, had dealt with PTS and, and, you know, the, the stuff that, that goes along with that. So it was something that was important to me. And, and so the fact that we could reach out to Chris and, and Chris could help us out. Uh, it just seemed like the, the like a no brainer, you know, it seemed like right, a it was, idea, so. again, it was a no brainer if you knew how much, and I think, you know, now, you know, how much I fangirled over the group. And you yeah. know, it was no, when you said like, Oh my, it's, are you kidding me? Of course, all that remains. And I, I, I'll go into the whole Iraq story again. I won't because I've done it three times now. But <laughs> I was like, I was like, where, do you want me to be there? And, and honestly it was, it the video turned out great. And, and I, I'll, I'll be honest. I was, I was going through, I think even talked to you the night before I was, yeah. I was going through some heavy self-inflicted though. It was all self-inflicted, but some mm -hmm. heavy shit that I was all fucked up in the head. So a lot of that wasn't acting. It was, I, I don't know how to act. I was just, 
I honestly felt that way. I was like, mm-hmm. man, this my world's caving in right now. It's supposed to be the greatest time of my life. Everything's so great, <laughs> right? I'm out running around, doing whatever I want. I'm single. I'm, and it was and it was probably one of the worst years of my life. And and yeah. the video was all. But looking back now, watching the video, it it it, it I I don't it's like God. That was a terrible year. It was like, man, look at that. There's something good came out of that year. A bright moment where. I'm working with a guy like the group that I've emulated forever. I get to be in this video. That's tremendous. The song is outstanding. And then the end of it with the little girl, the little girl did look a lot like my daughter, Adeline that at the time. And I'm like, man, everything came out right. It, it, it's like, it was almost poetic watching it now. So Brad, was, thank you, dude. Thank it was you. Special, that was, man, man it, it meant a lot to me. And you're right, guys, if for anybody out there, all that remains, Phil Labonte is huge. Of course, being a veteran, but is a huge veteran supporter, huge military supporter, and uh, always getting out there wearing for post-traumatic stress. And thanks for calling it PTS, dude. That's that's fucking awesome. That, and not yeah, PTSD. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Post-traumatic stress. Yeah. It it it's uh it's not it's not about you know something wrong with some someone. You know. It's, no. Uh, no. It's a badge it's of honor. It's, it's a it's what you experience. It's something that you've done that nobody else can say that, that that they've they've did unless they've done through it yourself so yeah man you're awesome brother i appreciate it cheers great having phil Levante on and yeah truly a, a supporter of veterans truly a guy who's known in the second amendment community because of stuff on twitter and you know what i should say with that when uh when i threw out who we had coming on this month uh hero soap company reached out and they were like phil Levante, let's get on this episode <laughs> and you know what we have so many great sponsors, but of all the sponsors, the one that I use constantly every morning, sometimes at night, just because I want to use their product, <laughs> is Hero Soap Company, the best soap out there, bar none. Yeah. You're going to fall yeah. in love with this stuff. Every scent, I've tried like pretty much all of them at this point, yep. is amazing. My skin doesn't get dry, so I, I can't speak more highly of them. No chemicals, dyes, or fragrances no parabens that are found in common soaps that link to breast cancer and reproductive complications in men. Veteran-owned by Luke. Great guy. Focused on veteran charities to build housing for vets in need. And for their subscription, which they do, they send overseas to a deployed location an equal amount of soap that you're buying on your subscription, which really helps guys out. It gets shipped straight to their door every month and your door so no worry of running out. Dudes always run out of their products before buying new or more, which is why I, I, I personally just stocked up. And I also like to try all the different scents. So no contract, cancel at any time. Their slogan is let freedom clean. And you could use Battleline at checkout and get 15% off your order. You could even combine that with the subscription for 10% off for best savings, which once again, gets sent to guys deployed overseas who could really use that right now. And convenience of having your soaps delivered straight to your door. Prior to this company, Lucas would always run out of soap completely before getting more. And thinks a lot of men have that same issue. So uh, <laughs> I've tried pretty much all of them at this point. I'm currently using the Spearmint, which I really love. But I've tried, man, I, 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 I've, I've had the yep. charcoal, the woods, which I know is probably your favorite, the peppermint and cool which is, uh, I mean, that is just like, that is it, it's, awesome. a, it's an experience, yeah. truly. And, yeah. and it's sold out right now, but I do have some of that grit scrub, which hopefully they bring back. Uh, I mean, I've had mine for a while because I don't run out. It's not something I use every time, but when I go, when I come back from a run, 
and really scrub that grit scrub into my feet. Oh, unbelievable. I, I love their stuff. I really yeah, do. And, and it, it lasts. It, it, I, I'm still, yeah. what, did, what did I buy? Five bars. And what was that? I think that was 10, 11 shows ago. And I still have a, I still have two bars left. It lasts for me. It lasts forever. I, it's lasts. It's worth the money. And uh, boss, brother, I got the lime and sea salt. I love I've had that, that one. lime and sea salt. That, you know what, it, it, it makes me smell like a like a margarita. I, I smell like, like I, I thought it smelled like key lime pie. I was like, man, yeah, this man, stuff's awesome. Um, and no so, joke, it made me because I think the salt and lime. I rarely, rarely drink, but I was like, I'm kind of in the mood for a margarita. I, right I, now. Honestly, I think you're. I I thought key lime pie, but I'm gonna. I, you're you're probably right on that. <laughs> Maybe that's the smell because I. I do like maybe a margarita every once in a while, yeah. but all the soap, the, yeah, the cedar and charcoal I got right now. Fantastic stuff. I love that one. At first you put it on and you're like, you know, yeah, it's like black. Yeah. And like what, what is going on? Is this <laughs> you're, you're, It's you're, a good it, smell though. Is the woods still your personal favorite? You know, uh, the woods just because veteran guys, I'm telling you, if you, it will remind you of cleaning the barracks with pine oil at, when you're in basic training, cause you will smell Fort Benning Woods, you're going to smell the dirt, and then you're going to smell the pine oils, and it's not a bad smell. Like People are going, ew, I want to smell it. No, it, it's still, you smell clean, and it does. You, you go back to basic training, cleaning them damn barracks with pine oil in Fort Benning, Georgia, or Paris Island, you know, somewhere where it's musty and, and on the East Coast, but you don't smell, I, I wish I could explain it more, but veterans, if you, you, you get it, and I'm telling you, if you get I the woods... It. And you put it on, you're like, oh my gosh, I, I, I feel like I'm, I feel like when you get off a big road, road march, you're rucking for 30 miles, you get in, you take off your rucksack, you're stinky, you smell like ass, and you get in the shower, you get a chance to get in the shower, you wash off, that's what you smell like, and that's what you feel like, and I'm not kidding, and this stuff is fantastic, and and um, no, I'm, I'm, I will always use Hero Soap. I won't use anything yeah. else. In fact, but and it, people, I was, oh, wait, it's gonna, it's gonna go for, it's gonna, not gonna last for a long time. No, it, it has. I've six bars, and I think I've been on. I, I know it's been six months, man, that since I've ordered some. It's been a long time. I, yeah. I, so um, I ordered a whole bunch at the start of this pandemic thing. Um, the eucalyptus, eucalyptus. I really like that one. And yeah, I have, I used to be, and I'm sure there's many guys in the audience. I just would buy a big case of uh dove soap from, you know, yeah. the local CVS and I, you can't go back now. Like, and, and no. I used to have that and a body wash <laughs> and then I, you know, switch it up, but nothing impairs now. I don't want to use anything else. I, I, I really mean it. I, I mean, some of you listening are probably like, he's really ta- talking up this soap, but until you try it, you don't know. It's just, it's great stuff. And, and Lucas is also just such a big supporter of ours that I, I like supporting him and the company and they support guys at the very least, especially all the out there that support veterans. They do, they support veterans and sending soap downrange. That is all you get at when you're downrange is soap. If you, if you don't get stuff sent to you, you get Irish spring and you get dove and that just, you have no idea how something different downrange, something like this, will make the day go just make it brighter and you feel at home or it brings a good feeling up and and it, it it means a lot so yeah support hero soap and and if you haven't tried their soap and you do i'm told you're at the end you won't go back to anything else so be advised if you try it no <laughs> joke you will not go back to anything else but hero soap. but that that being said too like ian just said 
he stopped using body wash. So if you're using body wash and soap, really, you're not spending any more money because yeah. now you're, you've, you've eliminated something else that you would normally buy from the store. So I, and I'm in total agreement at the end. I, that's all, the soap is all I use. And right, yeah, right now I'm using the charcoal. And it is kind of cool, that first little bit, watching like, wait, the charcoal, I'm all dirty. Why am I all dirty? <laughs> but, but then it rinses off and you just feel clean. And yeah, there's no film. And you're right. Smell I'm, good. I'm not, smell good and you're not dried i'm not completely dried out yep uh, so yeah tremendous yeah stuff. with others i do get dry so yeah heroesoapcompany.com offer code battleline for 15 percent off and then you can combine that with uh for 10 percent off with the subscription and of course uh gotta let you guys know once again fort scott munitions we talked a lot about firearms this episode with phil they're a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammo. It's designed to tumble upon impact. That's their trademark. If you go to their YouTube, as Chris often says, you'll really see what these bullets do. This ammo was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did that TUI tumble upon impact ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it also quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. So with that ammo, that CNC spun ammo, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring you're going to receive the same results with every pull of that trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses like uh, probably in New Hampshire, where, where Phil yeah. is a part of, uh, <laughs> in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of this podcast, the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. This has been a really cool episode. Uh, this past month has been so many episodes. And yes, we're going back to the one a week. We're going to have a kick-ass new intro uh, for next month when you guys hear it, uh, I'm really stoked on that. So yeah, I know you're hearing this on the first, probably by next episode, we're going to have a brand new intro or, you know, very soon after we'll be back in studio or I will. So the sound quality is going to be back up to par. We'll get some in-studio guests as well. And you know what I should point out yesterday, I got home and I know you could see my camera and right at my door, Chris Wallace's new book. Countdown 1945. Oh, yeah. Well, how's that going? Are we going to get we going to get old Chris Wallace on? Chris Wallace the show? is coming on. Absolutely. Oh, so he'll be on at some point next month. And uh, I thought it was really cool because I didn't reach out to him. His people reached out to me and said Chris would love to come on with Chris. And oh, I said, that's awesome. of course. Uh, no, I, I again, that's just another guy. I, I and I'm I don't speak. I, I said that too in Fox Studios. I said that name drop there. I said that one time to, um, and he's an asshole, um, Geraldo Rivera. I said, I said, yeah, man, I used to watch, my mom used to watch you. And he's so, he, he's so insecure. He's like, because I basically called him an old man. And he is, he's like 80. But I, I was actually <laughs> saying it respectfully. You know, I was like, dude, you are an icon. You've been, but he took it so, oh, oh, your mom watched me. How old is she? I'm like, fuck you, Geraldo. But the guys like Chris Wallace, I know didn't think like that, but that, that to me, that's again another iconic guy that that's been around forever. That's transcended. That his name, you know, he's been he's he's been in the media and news for uh, forever. And there's a reason. It's because he's good at what he does. And he's back in that old school when, well, I'm I don't know. I guess when when news was news, it wasn't 
it wasn't manipulative propaganda, but I think there's arguments to that too. <laughs> yeah, no, but e- I agree. But even today, I, cause I, you and I mainly see eye to eye on this. I think in a world of fake news, he really is one of those guys yeah. who keeps yeah. his integrity. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why currently there's a lot of Trump supporters who are like, they don't like him because they'll ask a tough question. And that's what journalists are supposed to that's do. Supposed he's to not, do. he's not a pro Trump guy. He's not an anti-Trump guy. He is completely objective. You know, when he had Dr. Burks on the show, yes, yeah. you know, why, why does Trump insist on not wearing a face mask? And it's a fair point. And I know people will ask, oh, why, why is he asking that? Is he attacking the president? He's allowed to ask that. And, and I think yeah. he's a great journalist. And I should throw out there, this book uh, that I'm holding up, but you guys don't see, is about the making of the atomic bomb. So what a fascinating subject yeah. that. I would love to hear, and I'm sure he really did his research on this. And yeah, the subtitle, The Extraordinary Story of the Atomic Bomb and the 116 Days to Change the World. And it truly did change the world. The greatest minds meeting together and forming the most devastating weapon that could ever be formed. Uh, it'll be a good it'll be a good interview. And uh, FY for you guys, I spoke with Ranger Sergeant Matty Waters, who lost a leg in in uh, Iraq, uh, actually was during the the incident with the uh, with a uh, Medal of Honor winner Leroy Ranger Leroy Petrie, and Sergeant Waters is still after even though he only has one leg, he is you know he's an EOD tech with Tacoma Police Department, so he's working. Right. He I talked to him today, Ian. I know I was going to tell you offline, but since we got everybody on, I think <laughs> so people know that we're still going to have veterans that have been through some shit on especially ranger maddie has agreed to come on and maddie was my mentor because maddie was a tab spec for when i was a ranger private i i looked up to him he was tremendous and of course you know his toughness (laughs) come on you're losing a leg and you're still out there diffusing bombs for a police department yeah you're you're pretty badass so we'll have him on hopefully and we can get him on in july and then also uh uh john uh, John Borg, John St. Nick, who is a, my teammate and CIA operative who has his own book called John 1513, who writes for a faith-based book company. Nice. So um, we'll, we'll, yeah, get well, those, we'll reach those out guys. to all these guys. I want to get some people come in studio, of course. And then um, you've already seen, you know, we're going to have Scott Dwyer on, the brother yeah. of Dwyer, yeah. also a Marine. Uh, you know, and, and Scott even said to me himself, he's like, eh, I don't really want to focus so much on my service. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about his brother, who was a dear friend of both of ours. And it is it's hard to believe, man, it is just about coming up on a year since we lost Drew Dwyer. And that's why I reached out to Scott, who I've, who I've actually never talked to in person. So I'm looking forward to it. It'd be a good one. And yeah, Drew, we'll talk to talk about Saint and forever. All you people out there listening, if there's any prospective people that want to come on the show, um, We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. We won't get wrapped up into things unless we go down that rabbit hole together. <laughs> if we go down with that rabbit hole together with like Alice, then that's that's on us. <laughs> but we're not going to say, hey, this is what we're going to do. We just want to talk. And there's things that both me and Ian just want to know. And and I love that. I love that we can get into things that maybe we didn't even plan on. No, but yeah. It's always about adversity and obstacles. And, and then we laugh and have fun. And, and that's the show. And that's how it should be. So, uh, I'm just appreciative to all the guests we've had on so far that have have made this great, man. And and even the days that I don't want to come on the show because I'm like, ah, oh, shit. But Ian's right. He's like, yeah, you get on, you start talking, you can't shut up because you're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Ian's right again. Igor, you are right again, as yeah. usual, brother. I, I actually think that the fact that uh, we, we just, I think, create an environment that's fun, that is not about 
we have to get into this. We have to get into that. People, <laughs> people open up because they're yeah. they're comfortable. It's just like they're hanging out and and they are going to talk about deep stuff. I didn't know the stuff Debbie Rashawn was going to talk about. We just oh. we're just going to talk about the movie industry and she got into all types of deep stuff and felt comfortable about it. And and that's yeah. really what it's all about. There's no agenda. Uh, it's just us being us and and hopefully people enjoy it, which I think they have been. Uh, you know, and if you if you do enjoy it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That yeah, really please. helps us out. Uh, but no, I think you'll, uh, if it feels like this month has been a lot, you'll get back to, uh, feeling good about it because we're going to do one show a week. And I know for you, you, you know, you want to keep it fun and, and not make this be a full-time job. And I get that. Yeah. But, and that's where, that's where I got to be myself. I, I've known from the three years prior to this, where I just ran myself ragged that where I'm where, and I'm never phoning it in, but I, there's times where I feel good and there's times where I don't. And whether it comes across or not uh, uh, to you listeners out there or when I talk, um, it doesn't matter. To me, I know I'm, I'm not 100%. And I always want to give 100% for people out there. And that's that's what you should always want to do. You always want to give your best, put your best foot forward. So, Ian, I appreciate that. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to start getting busy again, too. And it really just runs me ragged. So, But, well, you never know. We may be getting back to two shows in the, every once in a while. Well, if we do, we do. And we'll, That's we'll cool, let you, know, you know. Yeah. You, cool you do know, though, there's probably some truck driver who's been driving for 16 hours <laughs> listening to the podcast. <laughs> going, you like, pussy. Listen you to pussy. this guy you listen talk to about this. he can't talk on a show for two hours, you know. <laughs> listen to this pussy. It's all right. I've, I've, I've done my time, too, a little bit, brother. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I can – I feel like i can have something to say I'm, I'm trying to enjoy enjoy all the time that i missed being away from home not yeah. just running around in the states but it, it is but it, it's fun it is fun man so um yeah you can call me a pussy out there it's all right i don't have a problem that's, that's, I, i'll get over it I'll still i'm not like i just i just know that you know the audience is hard-working <laughs> americans they really are a lot of yeah. our audience are those essential workers there's nurses who listen there's truckers and they yeah. have a much tougher job than either of us, at least right now. Not talking about when you were a contractor or army ranger. Oh, no. Uh, for them, for them, you, you know, teaching classes, which you enjoy and are passionate about doing a podcast, they're probably like, that's the dream. I don't want to be driving a yeah. truck for 18 hours. Some of them do. Some of them love it, you know? And, and well, that's where you hope you all, I, and I hope you all get to a point here. And I've been, I'm blessed. I am completely blessed. And, and, uh, that my path is and i've chosen the right path sometimes sometimes i haven't but god always seems to get me back on the correct path um yeah i i, I get lucky that way um I, i'm blessed i'm I, I everybody wants to get to a point where they say you know what i put my time in and now it's time for me to do what i want to do and enjoy it well that's where i'm at right now and i'm blessed to be at that point that i can do that um but it was a lot of pain and suffering for, I don't know, 20 some years to get to that point and a lot of learning. And then also a lot of listening to, to listening to God, just the same and going, Hey man, I don't know what to do. Lord, help me. I don't know. Give me an idea. Give me something. And me actually being quiet for enough times that I can listen, even if it may be quiet for a week or a month or anything and just saying, okay, here's the path. I got it. And shoot down that path. And again, I've been, I've been blessed and I hope all y'all out there, get to that same point in your life where you can do that but um and who knows when that's going to be and don't try to plan it out just just keep listening keep your ear out there for because god's telling you sometimes we just got to be quiet and listen every once in a while and that's where we're at man i hope that makes sense does that make sense I think it oh does. yeah <laughs> amen that's well said yeah god bless all you guys in the audience and 
Hopefully Definitely. we're adding some positivity to your life. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy your week and are getting out there and enjoying this this great weather we're starting to have in most parts of the country. Yep. Enjoy yourselves, guys, and work hard. But when you get a chance to take a break, take a break and take a breath and then get back after it again. And and um, God, man, all you out there appreciate it. And, and Ian, man, Ian's, Ian's still keeping this thing rocking. So I have to do a minimum amount of work as possible, but be my little, except be the bitch every once in a while and say, Ian, I don't want to do two week. I only want to do one. <laughs> <laughs> but man, thank you all out there for listening. And again, thanks for, I, I want medieval, uh, medieval industries for coming on. And again, dude, you guys looking for attachments. I know I'm giving them an extra shot, but I really feel like I need to, because it, it is, it's, it's stuff is that's essential that we didn't have when I was in Dude, check out medieval industries and, Man, you, if you try their stuff, just like Hero Soap, just like Four Scott Munitions, you know, just even just like Ned, you try it, you're not going to go to anything else because you're like, man, where's this stuff been my whole life? So check out Medieval Industries as well, guys, when you get a chance. All you shooters out there, you're going to love their, you're going to love their stuff. I'm telling you. And uh, but yeah, guys, thanks for everything. And Ian, man, thanks for putting up with me this month for two shows. <laughs> oh no, I've enjoyed it, man. Right on, right on. You're- That's all for this week's Battleline podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk, so make sure you're subscribed. And keep up with the show 24-7 on Facebook and Instagram at Battleline Podcast. Also on Twitter at Battleline Pod. As always, never quit.